Well, we are continuing our study in the book of Corinthians. It's been a great study so far. Um, Jeremy went through two weeks to get uh, to chapter or verse 10 in chapter number 2. You know, we're going to finish out that chapter today speaking on the Holy Spirit. So let's pray and then we will get into what the Lord has for us today. Lord, we are so grateful for you. We're grateful for your word. We are grateful for your great salvation that we can not only come together as believers and listen to the Word of God and hear from the Word of God where we are. But Lord, You are here and abide within us to enlighten us to what the Word says. You not only had died for us, but You gave us an amazing gift. And Lord, we are so grateful for that. In Your name, Amen. So, we're going to start right off here in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians in verse number 10. For to us, God revealed through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things, or deeps of God. For to us, now this us, as we remember, as we've uh, beginning through this book in Corinthians, the us refers to believers. And if you go to the beginning part, just made, in my Bible, you just flip one page back. In verse 2 of chapter 1, it says, To the church of God which is in Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus' saints, uh, but called with all who have been uh, placed, call on the... Uh, Every place called on the name of the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, there the Lord, let me see, there, the, the, the main part I want you to look at here is the, to the church. Now the, the people who are not trusting in Christ and do not uh, believe in Christ would not be a part of the church. And so this letter is written to the Corinthian church. If you look over at verse 18 of the same chapter, chapter 1, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so Paul is writing and speaking in this section to the us. The us refers to believing Christians, those that have accepted Christ. For to us, God revealed through His Spirit. What did He reveal? He revealed what He was talking about here in verse number 9. In verse 9, it says, But just as it is written, the things which eyes have not seen, nor ears, nor heard, which, um, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those that love Him. This specifically is talking about salvation. So in verse 10 it says, for, God has, uh, for to us God revealed through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what reveals and brings about salvation in our life. And if you go back to uh, verse 18 there of chapter 1 that we just read, 
It talks about the Gospel's foolishness to those that do not believe, but to those that are being saved. The Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is the function of the Holy Spirit within salvation. The function of the Holy Spirit. What an amazing gift the Holy Spirit is to the believer. Before we, before we were saved, the Word of God was just a bunch of words. And, believer, and unbelieving people can take principles out of the Word of God and can live by them. In Romans, it talks about the, the hearts of men, the, the precepts of God, right? And so, unbelieving people can, can read the Word of God and, and can glean some things from it. But without the Holy Spirit, the working of the Holy Spirit in a person's life, we cannot fully understand the depths of the Word of God and the riches of God. For to us, God revealed, verse 10, through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For to who, for whom among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. And so, Paul is just explaining the same way <coughs> that you and I, um, I can't know the thoughts of another man. I don't know the heart of another man. I can guess. I can, I can contemplate. I can think of maybe what person's thinking or doing, but I don't truly know the heart of another man or the thoughts of another man, only the spirit with inside of him. And the same can be said about God. No one knows the thoughts or the, the mind of God except for the spirit that lives within him. Why is this such an amazing statement to us as believers? Because we have been given God's Spirit so that we can obtain the knowledge of God for salvation. Now this knowledge that it's talking about here in these verses is not referring to in-depth knowledge that God has. It's not referring to because we become saved, we have all of God's knowledge. That would be nice, but that is not what it's talking about. It's talking about knowledge to salvation. And he unfolds that as he gets down into later verses. What do we know about the Holy Spirit? There's some things that we need to know. God has given us this Holy Spirit. One thing that we know about Him is He's the third person in the Trinity. This is a major point of understanding. There are religions out there that do not believe in the Trinity or do not believe in the way that we would uh, believe it. But the, Jesus, or there's God, there's the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is the third person. He is a major aspect of the Trinity. We see in numerous places, but in Matthew, and I'm just going to name some of these off and you can write them down. But in Matthew 3 and verses 16 and 17, we see where Jesus is being baptized. 
And he goes into the water and he's baptized by John the Baptist. And he immediately, when he comes out of the water, the Spirit of God descending upon him as a dove lands upon him. And then the God speaks from heaven and says, what? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And so we see all three of the aspects of the Godhead in that chapter. So one thing we know about the Holy Spirit is He is a person in the Trinity. He is a life giver. In John chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6, it talks about Him as the one who gives life. It comes through the Spirit of God. He is our helper. John chapter 14 and verse 6 calls Him our helper. In in Acts, it talks about, I will send you another helper. In other translations, he refers to him as an advocate there. That the Holy Spirit is our helper. He lives with inside of us. And He helps to explain and to know the mind of God. He is a sanctifier. Okay, In 1 Peter 2, or 1, chapter 1 and verse 2, the Scripture refers to Him as our sanctifier. In 1 John 2.20, it talks about Him as our anointer. And the one that I really want to talk about because it goes with our sermon today is He is an illuminator. He illuminates the Word of God. And we see that in John 14.20. 26, but it also we see that in our passage here today that the Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates the Word of God to us. Before you were saved, the things in the Scriptures were often confusing. But you could not understand the most essential part of the Word of God before salvation, which is the Gospel. Salvation is the essential theme of the Word of God. And you could not understand it without the illumination from the Spirit that is given to us. God brings about salvation through the illuminating of the Holy Spirit. Bringing about the faith in our life. It is a gift given to us and so that we can understand the truth of salvation. In verse number 12, Paul switches gears just a little bit and he, he talks about himself and his other fellow apostles. He says, and we, that would be Paul and other apostles, have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit, of, uh, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Now that, if you take that alone, you think, well, we all have that. But as we get into verse 13, you understand how the two work together. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. This here is referring, Paul is referring to him writing Scripture the apostles writing Scriptures, that the Holy Spirit 
was the one that enabled him to write. He did not write what he's writing here in Corinthians. He did not write Romans or any of the other past or the the epistles that Paul wrote. He did not write them by human wisdom or human thoughts. It was given to him by the Holy Spirit, the illuminating of the Holy Spirit. And we all understand that the Word of God is God-breathed. This is not a man-written book uh, by man's thoughts. It is man-written with God's thoughts. And this is done by the Holy Spirit. And that is what is being relayed here. So in verses 10 and 11, it's talking about we have the Spirit so that we can understand salvation. Paul is writing here in, in verses 12 and 13, reminding them that when you hear the words spoken to me or spoken to you by me, this is coming from the Spirit of God who dwells with inside of me. And God has chosen certain individuals to write the 66 books of the Bible. He did not choose us all. We are not all... Uh, not any further revelations given. This was done uh, by the apostles and by the men uh, that God chose to reveal His Word to, and they wrote them down. So, the, the, these first four verses talk about that we have the Spirit to understand salvation. And then we'll get into that in verse 14 here in just a minute. Scripture is... Uh, of importance as we know and that uh, we understand that it is not written by man. That is an important aspect I believe Paul is bringing out here because if it was written by Paul, uh, we could uh, come to a point where maybe we argue with what the Scripture says in an area. Or maybe we could come to a disagreement. Well, that was just Paul's opinion. We want to make sure it's clear that it is not Paul's opinion, but it is the Holy Spirit who Paul wrote down the words and, and got the from. In 2 Timothy um, 3.16, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching. Okay? It is inspired by God. This is a uh, a very important aspect here. And it is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. So Paul is relating that here that he was given the ability to, if we read there in verses 13, it says, uh, which, uh, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit combining spiritual thoughts that he would give him with spiritual words. The words would be uh, the enlightenment of the Scripture. In 2 Peter uh, in verses one, or chapter 1 and 20 and 21, but you know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophet was ever made by an act of, his, of human will, but man moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Okay, so this here again, Paul is really emphasizing the fact that 
The Holy Spirit is the one who is speaking here. And there, and thus it is full and complete authority. Does that make sense? You understand where Paul's logic here goes is that the Holy Spirit gives us the knowledge of, of salvation because that's what's being relayed here in the chapter and in this first part of this book. Um, but he also wants to make sure that the things that he's written has come from the Holy Spirit. And the same Spirit that lives within Paul is the same Spirit that lives within us and that we can uh, understand things written. Now you might say, well, if we have the same Spirit as Paul and we have uh, the same ability to understand as Paul, then why do we need church? And, and why, do, why do I look at Scripture and oftentimes confused? Well, the, what Paul is referring to here is understanding of salvation. The, the, the Gospel message is illuminated to us by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit also lives with inside us and helps us understand Scripture. But that doesn't mean that everyone is going to understand Scripture the same way because we have the same Spirit. It takes work. It takes a relationship with God. You can't just become a believer at, uh, let's say, Samantha's age at age eight and be the same, have the same knowledge as her Sunday school teacher, Shar. That would not be something that, well, they have the same Spirit. Well, that wouldn't make sense, Right? Shar is much more years advanced in her salvation than Samantha would, and therefore gone through the sanctifying of the Spirit has shown her more. But as well, God has given us not only the Spirit, but He's also given us what? Prophets and teachers. If you look at Ephesians, also written by Paul, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of our uh, work and service to build up the body of Christ. And so, Paul would not have written here that we need these different offices, the pastors, the evangelists, and the prophets, if we were to be able to understand Scripture by ourselves. God, you know, I, I didn't just uh, open the Word of God um, last night and say, okay, I have the Spirit of God, and so He's going to tell me what this believes, and then I can go tell everyone. No, it takes a lot of study and a lot of time and, and digging in and understanding where we are. And the Spirit helps with that. But that's why God has given pastors and teachers. Because not everyone understands the Word of God the same. But in this, in verse number 10, where we can be excited about is that in the case of salvation, the Spirit enlightens us to believe and to understand salvation because in verse 14 it says but a natural man this is an unsaved man this is a person of the world that is not a saved person but the natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of god why because that spirit doesn't live within him for they are foolishness to him 
How many of you have ever been in an encounter with someone that is not a believer and they have used the words, that is foolish? Or that sounds foolish, right? You're in a witnessing opportunity and you're sharing the Gospel with someone and they use that statement as that sounds foolish. You mean to tell me that a God that lived in heaven in a perfect heaven, surrounded by angels praising Him, determined before He created the world that He was going to send His Son to die for people that rejected Him. That's what you're wanting to tell me. Well, to the world, that does sound foolish. Unbelievable. But that is our story. That Jesus came from heaven sent by God to live a perfect, sinless life so that we could believe in His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And the Holy Spirit is the one that, that has to do the work to bring that about. But in verse 14, it says that they believe it is foolishness to them and cannot understand them because they are spiritually amazed or spiritually blinded. They cannot understand what the Spirit is or what the Bible is proclaiming because the Spirit is not living within them. The Spirit of God is what brings about the new life within the believer. And because of that, we can understand salvation. If you want, if you think right now, let's pause and really contemplate how amazing that is. That God would give such an un comprehensible gift is the Spirit so that we can know Him and know His salvation. It's a gift freely given. Earlier in the, the chapter, it talks about in verse 29 of chapter 1, so that no man may boast. This is in re reference to salvation. You go to Romans, he spends the first several chapters on explaining our sin situation and then telling us that we cannot boast in our salvation because it has nothing to do with you and I. It is a gift given to us. The faith and the understanding given to us by the Spirit of God. For the natural man, have you... We oftentimes, and I want to stop and talk a little bit about verse 14, we oftentimes get frustrated with society. We get frustrated with the things going on around us. Uh, even as I talk during our prayer time, we get frustrated with our politicians and, and all the things in our life. Maybe there's, you know, there's a, a new, and I'm not going to mention it by name, but there's a new movie out uh, that is... Uh, incredibly wicked that has to do with young ladies. 
And you wonder, how in the world can these things be okay or accepted in society? And how can they not, you know, how can society go uh, the direction it's going? Because they do not have the Spirit of God that lives within inside them to illuminate the truth of the Word of God. They count them as foolishness. And so as believers, we should not be un- un- non-understanding of the situation of the lost person. That is what a dead person will do. They will sin and sin only. Everything an unsaved person, a person that does not know Christ, all that they can do is sin. And they are bound in that sin. They are shackled by this sin. As the song would say, they are imprisoned by their sin. And a prisoner can only be what? A prisoner. When is a prisoner no longer a prisoner? When he is set free. A prisoner is no longer a prisoner when they are set free. And that is what happens to you and I when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit through salvation is we are set free and now can live in newness of life and can live and understand the principles of God because the Spirit lives within us. And we no longer consider them foolishness, but we rejoice in the blood of Christ. Rejoice in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. And we sing praises of Him during the time of, uh, of Easter, right? We serve a risen Savior who's in the world today. I know that He is living no matter what men may say. Why do we know He's living? Because He lives within me. He lives within me. He is what has brought me alive. I didn't do it myself. Jesus gave me the gift. God gave me the gift of salvation through the Spirit's illuminating. What an amazing thought. In verse 15 it says, But he who is spiritual appraises all things. So this is in contrast to the one in verse 14. In verse 14 it says, And he cannot understand them the, the, the Spirit of God, he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised or they, they do not have the understanding. But he who is spiritual has the Spirit of God within him appraises all things. Yet he himself is appraised by no one. They're judged. This is an, uh, you can use another word here, uh, the word judged. The, the spiritual man judges all things. How do we judge them in light of the Word of God? That's how we judge things. The Spirit enlightens our mind and we can read the words of God and we can judge what's going on in our society and, and we, can, we can make correct and good judgment calls. Yet a he, the end of verse um, 15, yet he himself is appraised by, he's understood or judged by no one. The, the, the unsaved person, the person referred to in verse 14, can 
can see the sinfulness of man things uh, in us as believers, but he cannot judge us. He cannot understand us. Uh, there, there is a complete non-understanding of the believer in the sight of unbelieving people. Oftentimes we've heard this statement, you are weird for what you believe. I can't believe that you would believe such things. Uh, they, they, are, they would, um, they're often confused and, and, and have no understanding of what the believer believes. Yet he is appraised or understood by no one. We are a peculiar people, right? The Bible calls us peculiar. We are set apart. We are different. We are not a people that is understood by the world because we have the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God dwells in us and so then the world would count us as foolish. We are foolish for the Gospel of Christ. So when we are sharing the Gospel and when we are out giving the Gospel to our community or world, understand that they believe it is foolishness. And until the Spirit of God illuminates the, the Gospel to them, they will always count it as foolishness. And so it keeps us from being frustrated. There's been a time in my life where I thought it was my responsibility to convince someone to be saved. It's my job. I need to know the Word of God, which is a true statement. I need to know the Word of God well enough to, to be able to share Scriptures of salvation. But it is not my job to convince anyone to be saved. Why? Because I can't. That is the work of the Spirit. And so, it keeps you and I from being frustrated in our, in our desire to share the Gospel with a fallen world. We do our part, which is what God has commanded us to do, and that is to go and share the Gospel. Nowhere in Scripture does it say, go out and save man. It says, go out and share the gospel. And that is the means and through which God relays the, the, the fallen world and where God will give to whom He has chosen the, the right to uh, be an heir. The right to receive the Spirit of God. And so it keeps us from being frustrated. In verse 16, in closing, it says, for who knows the mind of God. This is from Isaiah. Who knows the mind of the Lord? What he will, that He will instruct Him. No one knows the mind of the Lord. No one can instruct Him. No one can teach Him. But we, this is an amazing thought, but we have the mind of Christ. The Spirit of Christ lives with inside us. If you think back as a child of the, the gift, we're, we're coming up to uh, Christmas here in the next few months where we get gifts and so on. And you think of, oftentimes you, you have what? Your two, your two like your top list gifts, right? You have all the other little things, you know, your, 
They're little things, but you had the two gifts. Now, mine were always exorbitantly uh, expensive, and they are today. My children were asking me today, what, what do you want for Christmas, Dad? And I, I told them, well, a, a new horse would be good. It's only about 20000 What's the deal? You know, come on. Uh, and and a, new, a new saddle. I, I, I would enjoy those two things, uh, combining maybe close to about 25000 So what's the big deal, right? Not a big deal. I'm not asking for much. But the, the thought is, if, you know, Christmas morning I woke up and my family had a brand new saddle sitting out in the, in the, the tax shed for me, man, that would be just awesome. I would think I would be on cloud nine. But not only did that attach to that saddle was a brand new horse. Oh man, I, there's, there's no way to explain the joy that I might have and to know that I got those two gifts. The gifts that God has given us far outweigh those. Um, there's, there's not even a number that can be given. Because God has given us not only salvation, He has given us His Spirit. Those two gifts alone are mind-blowing to a lowly, uh, insignificant creature as I. That God would not only give us freely salvation, but give us the mind of Christ, His Spirit that lives with inside of us. And if you, if you remember back, we talked about He is the life giver. He is the helper. He is the sanctifier, the anointer, the illuminator. And there's <coughs> there so many things talked about who the Holy Spirit is and what He does within our lives. What does Jesus say? His disciples are, are holding on to Him saying, no, you cannot leave. And He says, I must leave so that I can what? Send to you a Helper. The Holy One. God has sent His own Spirit. So this morning, I hope you're encouraged. If you're a believer this morning, you have the Holy Spirit the illumination of the Holy Spirit to understand the Gospel. And only those that know Christ have that gift. In 16, He gives us the mind of Christ. We no longer live in darkness, but we live in light. We're no longer shackled in sin. We're no longer in prison, but we have been set free and to walk in a new life, completely pardoned from our past and former sin. Hopefully this morning you go home encouraged. If you're not a believer this morning, you have heard the words of God, and they call out to you, trust Him. Trust Him. He is the Savior of the world. And I've talked about it this morning, and I'll do it when the, I, I do this often with my kids at night before they go to bed. I ask them these five questions. For parents that are wanting to, uh, that have little ones, this is a good five questions to ask your children. Or if you have even older ones that don't know. But who is Jesus? Jesus. 
That is an important question. And He is God. Jesus is God. That's the first thing that we recognize. The second thing is Jesus came and did what? He came and He lived a perfect sinless life. This had to happen. He just wasn't a good prophet. He had to come live a sinful or sinless perfect life. So that's the second thing. The third thing we need to understand or believe is what did Jesus do? Jesus died taking the sins of the world on us. He not only died, He was buried. That's important. We don't want to miss the fact that He was buried. Proving the fact that He died. And it doesn't end there. What's the fifth? In in my estimation, the most important part of it is He rose again. We serve a risen Savior. I go through this... um, Several times throughout the week with my children before they go to bed. Both of my children, as far as I know, have accepted Christ. But I still want them to know and love and cherish the Gospel. So this morning, if you believe that Jesus is God, that He came and lived a sinful, sinless, perfect life, and He died, was buried, and rose again, you can have the Spirit that Paul is referring to here. And it can be given to you freely by God so that you can understand the Gospel and understand the things written to us in the love letter called the Bible. Amen? Well, let's pray and then we'll sing a closing song. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for... Your Spirit and how You illuminate Your Spirit to us and how You share uh, Your nature, Your words, Your thoughts through Your Bible that we can read and know and love You more. Lord, and we thank You for the two amazing gifts, the gift of salvation and the gift of Your Spirit within us. Lord, I pray that we would cherish that and that we would proclaim that to the world in Your name. Amen.